Welcome. This is One Christian, One Topic. Today, our guest is Desiree Finley. Today's topic, prayer. Let's get to it. Desiree, how do you define prayer? Yeah, I think that for me, it's very simple. Prayer for me is connecting, connecting with God, with myself and with others. And that's pretty much when I pray, that's I don't even know if that's my intent, but that is always like the result of my prayer. Do you feel like it took you years to come to that definition or that acknowledgement? Or do you think it was kind of a evolving, conceptualizing that definition? Yeah, I would say it evolved over time, especially uh, because of my experience in formation with the Felician sisters and just learning a little bit more about what prayer could be and different types of prayer, different styles. And I had never really experienced too much beyond, you know, the introductory, like foundational prayers. And then, um, yeah, learning things like Lexio Divina or, you know, what meditation and contemplation are. And yeah, those definitely help open up my understanding of prayer. And then over time, it's like, well, it's basically, this is what I'm doing when I pray. <laughs> So how would you now say your prayer looks like? And I know it's, I, I would say for me, it's an ever-changing thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't necessarily hold myself to a specific way of praying, even within the past year, it's kind of looked differently, but just trying to capture at this moment, how does prayer look like for you? Yeah, I would say because my prayer has evolved over time, it has not looked the same throughout the years, but for the most part, Prayer for me is pausing. So whether I'm pausing to read something or pausing to write, pausing just to be and sit outside in the sun, that would be basically what I feel I'm doing when I pray is an intentional pause. And so then, like I said, then I'm connecting and whether I sit down to pause because I want to connect with God or I want God to connect with me with others, that usually is what happens throughout, you know, and then I realize, oh, that these people have come to mind or the situation has come into my heart, but otherwise I just feel drawn into a pause. Is there a challenge for you in having that pause? And I'm not sure if it means a break uh, throughout your day for that time of prayer, or even as you separate yourself from your day to day, just having that, I guess, concentration, that focus, is that a challenge for you? Um, I would say it has gotten to be a little less of a challenge just because of the nature of my work. So when I was working at a shelter, it was, you know, fast paced, like trauma informed care. And so you had to be really aware of different situations and you were emotionally invested and psychologically invested. And so you were just exhausted and also could barely even take a 30 minute lunch. <laughs> you know, So then even in my day during those work hours was hard to just take a breather when it wasn't just like just a breather, you know, but even that for me was prayer enough and a pause enough, but even then getting home at night, cause I worked until 1030 at night, I just wanted to go to bed. So there was not a lot of time for like a, a peaceful pause because my pause at work was just kind of like a, I just can't, I can't anymore. <laughs> I can't right now. Um, but at the moment I work from home and I work with a Catholic organization and they really try to build in a work-life balance. And so throughout the day, pausing is natural. And now that I have this puppy who drives me crazy sometimes, he also forces me to get outside. And so then I'm 
just sitting and pausing while he's doing his thing. But I have that moment to just be. And, you know, it's not because I'm in a stressful situation. There are different forms of prayer they can mm-hmm. do. And I'm may, I'm inferring that part of that can include walking, Ooh. being outside. So how have you found those different ways, different forms of prayer to help you in your life as your life changes? You know, so can you kind of just talk about that expansion mm-hmm. of different types of prayers that, you know, you can you have utilized in different times in your life. Yeah, I I love that you bring up walking. I don't know that I ever myself thought of that as prayer, but what I love about it is that it includes your whole body. And for me, dance has been prayer often, and but not always, you know. So growing up, dance was just fun. It was entertainment. Um, and then later on when I taught dance and I realized how important it was And I I specifically taught dance um, at a school for all girls. And so when I saw how important it was for these young women to connect with their bodies there, again, there's that word connect. um, I realized how important movement was for the soul even. So then dance became prayer when I, yeah, when I could do that for myself and say, okay, I can just connect through dance to God, to even my own emotions, because I, I'm not really always good at identifying what my emotions are, but I learned that I could just dance through them and dance with them. And that helped me just be more aware of myself, what I was experiencing, bring it to God. And so I started doing that, like even on Instagram was posting, you know, like a dance that people could follow if they wanted to pray like that. And um, yeah, so I'd say movement of all sorts can also be prayer. Where do you realize that dance is a form of prayer? actually do think you might have been the first person that brought that to my attention. At least I've noticed that within certain, I'm not sure if this is the right word, dance worshipers. Like I've noticed that. But then I, you're the first person that I've noticed as an individual, personal, by yourself, mm-hmm. using dance as a prayer in your room. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, it's not just, you know, at an event or something. It's actually something you could do by yourself personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did that kind of, I'm not sure if you were just dancing and then eventually you started praying, mm-hmm. uh, dancing into prayer, mm-hmm. or did something kind of awaken that for you? That is a great question. Yeah, I don't know if it was a specific moment. Um, you know what I think it was, is I was having some emotions, didn't really know what they were, you know, didn't know what to do with them. And there was a song that just kept coming back to me. And it was like, it wouldn't leave me. And my body wanted to feel that dance or that song. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm just going to do a dance to this song. And I was at home in my room. I put it on and that was the first time, yeah, that I really experienced like, this is what it means to let my prayer and what I'm experiencing be a full body experience and and a and dance as a way of expressing that and releasing that and holding that, you know, all the things, um, letting it be a part of me. Were you constantly always going in dance as your form of prayer, or was it kind of like in special instances, occasional instances, or did that just kind of consume your form of prayer? I would say it was occasional. It was so similar to that first time it happened would be if a song was standing out to me or really was touching me deeply, then I was like, all right, this it's an invitation to pray with this song. And the, the way I pray with music is 
through dancing. And so, yeah, it always felt like an invitation, sort of even like when I write, it doesn't, you know, I don't always feel like, oh, I'm going to write something today. But when I feel in myself that there's something I want to say, then I'm like, oh, I'm being invited to write that down. And can you just generally speak about writing as a form of prayer? Like, how does that look for you? Mm -hmm. Like, how long does it take? Is it a special notebook or how does that writing process start? Does it, is there a quote you hear, a scripture? Mm-hmm. Um, just because this is all interesting for me. Very interesting. You're like, <laughs> um, have so many tools, prayers, and you just mentioned this. I'm like, okay, I, w- I want to <laughs> see how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that also has evolved over time is writing for me for a long time was just like, I was just writing about my day. And I was like, this is what happened. And then, you know, I had a diary ever since I was in elementary school. Um, but over time, I don't feel like it's necessary to, you know, go over my day at the end of the day every day, but you know, through writing. Um, so now it's more like, like I do have, that's funny that you mentioned a special notebook. Like I do have a notebook that I really like to write in. I have a pen that I will always use. Um, and I specifically choose notebooks with, blank pages because I like the possibility also of just doing a little drawing or something. Um, but yeah, sometimes kind of like with, with dance, I feel like there's an idea or there's something I want to write down or something I want to say, and it won't leave me alone. Like it won't go away and it keeps coming to mind. It keeps coming up and maybe in conversation or in my heart. And so I say, all right, I really need to work through this and write it out. And so some it's not always something that like is fully formed in my mind, but then writing it out helps me to really understand what it is that I've been thinking about. I feel like there may be a very thin line um, that you describe between people who write on a journal mm-hmm. and then transitioning that to kind of a form of prayer. I think sometimes if we do start writing on a journal, we're kind of focused on ourselves and our thoughts and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But is there a point for you that you noticed or seen that it transitions to kind of a conversation with God or kind of the focus is shifted as opposed to just writing on a journal? Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of, I would say, as most of us may have started out in school writing, how how do you see that shift or difference? Yeah, there are times when it becomes a conversation with God. And then there are times that it becomes just giving gratitude to God. And then there are other times when I'm like, I really need this God, <laughs> you know, and so it, it's a prayer of um, petition, but it usually comes around to where God is in my life or where I, you know, want God to be in my life. Um, it, Yeah, that's normally like the trajectory of when I start ends at some sort of connection with God or again with other people or myself. Do you ever go back and look at what you were in in reference to these types of uh, moments or prayers that you wrote down? I know that so many people say that you should go back. I never do. I'm like, there's just so much. I don't have time for that. (laughs) So I really never, unless it's a poem that I wrote and I really, you know, remember that I liked it or something, but yeah, usually I don't go back. You also pray the rosary. How is that for you? I know rosary sometimes can be uh, private, but also communal. Personally speaking, I have a challenge with rosary just because of my attention, lack of attention, a focus. Mm-hmm. But how, how does that work for you? Be able to do the rosary throughout your life? Yeah, I 
normally, so it's funny, you know, that you mentioned like the attention piece. I will typically pray the rosary at night, like when I'm in bed getting ready to fall asleep because I'm like, well, I know that this puts me to sleep. (laughs) So I pray it with the intent of like having it calm me, relax me and um, just, yeah, like rest. And so sometimes I end up saying the whole rosary sometimes. I mean, and also depending on what's going on in my life, if there's like, I'm, you know, was moving across the country this fall. And so lots of things happening. So sometimes a rosary and a half got said, but sometimes it's not a full rosary. And I feel like the prayer and the the time just spent with, with God in that way and with Mary and, you know, sort of like spending time with her perspective as a woman in Jesus's life and as his mother. So there's that piece, which you know, so for me, it's like relaxation. And then I also make rosaries and I um, used to give them away. And now because I work from home, I don't see a lot of people. So I opened a little Etsy shop and I sell them. And that too, though, has become a way of connecting with others because people will sometimes share their stories of like, oh, I'm so glad I found these because, you know, and they'll share Um, or, you know, I'm so excited to give this to so-and-so because, and um, yeah, it just, I love, and then I love thinking that all these rosaries are out there now, you know, hundreds, because I made so many. <laughs> what got you into making rosaries? Yeah, I went on a pilgrimage. So I, I did this pilgrimage several, several times, but I think it was the first time that I did it. We had a retreat and uh, like in preparation and one of the men at the retreat showed us how to make these knotted rosaries. And I'd never seen them before, never heard of them. And I just loved, again, it's just kind of like the repetition of tying these knots. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. And then other people that I knew who had made them before would help me perfect my knots because they were just kind of like, you know, a little bit off center or whatever. So yeah, then after a while, I discovered people who would sell the cord and it was like, oh my gosh, there's so many beautiful colors to choose from and patterns. And then it was just this exciting piece of like, what's it going to look like when it comes out? And uh, yeah, I just, I just kept going. <laughs> yeah, this is a very, I'm not sure if it's, if the word is corporal or physical mm-hmm. um, aspect of prayer that you're touching upon throughout this time we we're talking. And I can't help but notice that even when you're mentioning that you're giving away or you're sharing these rosaries you're making, it touches. You're still touching people. So I find that fascinating because I feel like sometimes prayer is just confined to folding your hands and not moving. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there needs to be a growth and expansion from that. And mm-hmm. there is type of physical part of it. But you also mentioned that you also do Lexio Divina or you, you, you've done Lexio Divina. How has that opened up a different part of prayer for you? Yeah, I think that's a great question on the heels of the rosary piece because it is that like touching it's being in communion with other people being in community and I I am an introvert by nature and so I do like my alone time so communal prayer isn't always my favorite but I I am a deep thinker and a critical thinker and so I I really loved how Lexio Divina got you as a group to go deeper and you even though you're going deeper with each other, you're going deeper in your own relationship with God. And then it's, you're doing that in this space with other people. And so, yeah, it's so interesting just that it's, it's almost paradoxical in that it is, it is an individual prayer, but you're doing it with others. And also you, you can't do it on your own. I've done it 
where I just journal my responses, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's just the like a journeying. You're journeying with other people. It's your journey still, but other people are with you and you're with others on that journey. Okay. To clarify, <laughs> when you say others, are you speaking other people present with you or you're talking about others in scripture? Oh, I mean, (laughs) technically both. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, others, because typically when I pray Alexio Divina, it's with a group of people. Um, But no, that's a good point is that you are also journeying with people in in scripture, um, which brings up another form of praying with scripture that I like. And it's, um, oh, I'm going to forget what it's called, but it's where you would like put yourself in the shoes of someone else. So you envision yourself being the one, you know, so let's say I envision that I am um, Mary Magdalene and what it would have been like to be the one who sees Jesus in the garden, you know, after he's risen. So I I like the imaginative piece of that, but also the closeness then to Jesus that there is because you're picturing yourself physically in that scenario. And then what you would be feeling, what you would be thinking, would you be hearing or smelling? And uh, it just kind of brings it to life in a way that simply reading doesn't always do. Do you feel like there are moments that you need to share some of these experiences with people? Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm speaking about all forms of prayer. And, you know, so one thing I would say I've noticed is, as you may have already mentioned, there is a dance form of dance prayer that you had and you record yourself and you put it online. But maybe even as you mentioned now that in trying to put yourself in the shoes of someone like Mary Magdalene, you know, these thoughts, insights came to you that you probably want to tell someone. Do you have like moments like that where in prayer or through prayer, you kind of felt like there was something you need to share and mm-hmm. not keep to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. There are times where it's so powerful and not necessarily that I feel like everyone needs to know this, but that I feel like I can't just keep it here. I It's, it's bigger than me. And in those times I had a blog, I haven't I haven't posted on my blog in years, I think, but that would be one place where I would. Um, I also like on Instagram where I would post my dance videos at times have also posted like a short reflection there. Um, yeah. Or, or like during podcasting, <laughs> I'll share some of my experiences. Um, and I'm also in training to become a spiritual director. So it depends on, you know, you have to, you're listening deeply, but if I feel like some experience I've had is going to be helpful for a directee, then I can share it there. Um, but yeah, I would say for the most part, that's where I've found it helpful to, again, connect with others through these experiences or prayer, prayer times that I've had. If, if you have already spoken to people regarding their prayer life, what is your approach in approaching like a person? And I'm sure there are a lot of people going through different phases of their lives. And yet I think, and maybe Jesus has always told us, essentially that is prayer, connecting to God, staying connected to God. How would you approach anyone and just kind of reminding them, inviting them to be consistent in prayer? Well, I... I mean, people who seek out spiritual direction typically are active in their prayer lives because they are listening to those invitations and saying, you know, I want to talk with someone about my experiences in prayer or my experiences of God or where I'm struggling because I don't feel like God is there. Um, So mostly it's being, 
it's listening, it's understanding where they're at and not really asking them to be anywhere else. It's giving them a space to be open and honest if they have to question or if they have to be angry or, you know, if they're worried or whatever it is, or they're celebrating, they're celebrating something major in their life. It's just a safe space to bring whatever has happened and, and to bring that mindfully into God's presence. I think in prayer, we may often get a response from God, however, that expresses itself. How, how have you responded to that? I feel taking it personally to myself. I feel like sometimes I got a response in prayer and it took me days to realize, to realize it. But then looking back on it, I would say, oh, wow, that was, that was a response. That was uh, something I thankfully was open and attentive enough to pick up. And I'm sure it's different for a lot of people. Sometimes they actually hear something, sometimes they just feel something. But how is it responding to that response that we may often get in prayer? So just to clarify, so what is my response when I receive a response? Yes. Or reaction. Sometimes I know I know some people have said it's very powerful. Sometimes, you know, they feel, hear something and it just brings them tear to tears from it. And it's, you know, different occasions. Sometimes it's in response to a uh, request, in response to a question they have and just whatever thoughts or something they hear kind of just brings them to a certain point. For me, I would say I would often try to ignore it. <laughs> and that's why it would take me days and then be like, no, I think that's, that was my answer. How have you responded to such occasions? I think my response is typically, ah, uh, it's like, how, how did you know? Like, how did you know this is what I needed? How, how did you know? You know, I just am like, I'm amazed. And it, like, for example, I, like I said, moved back, um, well, moved across the country in the fall. And that included a lot of things, but specifically getting a job. <laughs> and it was very stressful. I think it was one of the most stressful times of my life because I, um, I had a lot of work experience, great work experience. I'm a hard worker. And I thought, oh, well, I'll start looking in August. I'm moving out there in October. So by you know end of October, I should have something. I was applying for jobs August, September, October, nothing was happening. And I was like, I... <laughs> I need something, obviously need a job to be able to support myself. And I, everything else had come into place. Like I had gotten a car, I had gotten, I found a, a house to rent, like perfect little spot for me. And, but then it was like, and that, but I have no way to pay for these things. But every, I have, all, I've received everything I needed except for the thing that is going to keep it going. So that whole time, I, I mean, I cried a lot. And I, I started substitute teaching just because it was some sort of income, but it didn't even cover a month's rent. So I had to get a lot of help. And in that time, part of the responses to my prayer of like, Lord, I need a job <laughs> was yes, but look. And so like, yes, but look at the support system you have. Look at things that have been sustained because of the people. Look at how willing people are to help. Look at, you know, the ease of finding something because su substitute teaching happened real fast. I was able to get in and start working within a couple of weeks, you know, like look at even the capacity you have to deal with this very stressful situation, but that I didn't fall into despair because it was very, very hard to feel hopeful when every interview I had, nothing happened. And, and I was qualified for these positions. I was excited about them. And so it was like, yes, but look, and I was like, okay, I'm looking, you know, but, it, and then when I really did take the time to look, it was like, wow, 
It's true. I never paid attention to how supportive my family, like I was always the one, you know, trying to support them, but here they were helping me with groceries, giving me rides. Cause I was like, I don't have gas, you know, um, handing me a couple, couple hundred bucks here and there, you know, whatever they could. And then also, yes, but look at the capacity you have in the situation and like, wow, that's true. I, I do have the wherewithal you know, God has given me this like mind and drive to be able to keep going, even though it's really hard. Um, you know, yes, but look at the fact that you don't have like children to try and also care for right now. It's it's just you, you know. And so even the awareness of what other people might be going through and how how easy it is to fall into like homelessness, because even though you keep trying, no one's hiring you. And that's not was wasn't my fault, you know. And, and how easy it could be to give into despair, because if you do have dependence and it's like, I can't even feed them. I can't even, you know, like the stress and the anxiety and the, you know, it's like, and it's, it's just you. And so you're just, you only have to watch out for you. And, but, you know, and so now I'm like, I have a great job. I love it. I love my colleagues. I get paid well. I have all the great benefits. And so I'm like, and now I can, I can say it's my turn to help support and it's my turn to help others who are in dire need. And it's my turn. So all these things, what were part of the response and then was like, and then like amazing job that I get, I could not have even anticipated the type of work that God had for me. And so all the other jobs, yes, they could have worked, but in the end, I was glad I didn't get any of them because this was, this was the one. So I know that's a very long response, but (laughs) it's one very recent example that is still with me. It's a great example. And as you were speaking, I mentioned uh, just a while ago how in the prayers that you were outlining, it had a very physical aspect to it. And so as you were just mentioning, I found it interesting how maybe God responded to you through other people touching you, you know, personally. So yeah, that's that's what came to my mind as you were speaking. I'm like, well, sometimes, you know, it's uh, God responds to us in silence, but God also works through other people to mm-hmm. touch us and, and respond to us. So very uh, all-encompassing in this conversation for prayer. Um, <laughs> yeah. How is it for you to concentrate and kind of, I would just say, lock in in prayer and let yourself go in prayer? And I actually was hearing someone this week mention how he went to a chapel to pray. I don't remember if it was rosary or something. And he sat down, meditated, and I realized until he got up, he was there for two hours. <laughs> and I guess he had just let himself go. How would you yourself find those moments of prayer for you? Like, how do you define, do you feel like it's a moment where you kind of just let yourself go and, you know, realize, or, or do you feel like you're working at it to kind of like be in that moment? To me, it comes down to that invitation that I feel that's like, I can't ignore it. And, and to me, it's not, it's not always about the amount of time. I think it's about the depth because you can reach depth in two minutes. And sometimes that is all you, you know, um, again, like I have this new puppy and I, any minute I have between, you know, my breaks at my job is taking care of him. And so sometimes I only have when he falls asleep at the end of the day and I'm exhausted, I'm like, I only have like five minutes and then I, you know, I'm out. But so for example, like a couple of examples, one day I just felt like, I don't, and it wasn't like, I didn't, I felt, I felt unsettled. And I was like, I just need to go outside. This is before I had this puppy. But so it was, I, I was not going outside very often, but I love being outdoors. And I was like, I haven't even left my house in like two days. 
because <laughs> I work from home and I love being at home. And so I go outside and I wasn't going anywhere in particular. I just looked around the yard and there's this big old boulder. And I was like, I'm just going to sit on that. Boulder. So I sat there for a minute. I was looking at the little pebbles all around my feet and I just felt inclined to like pick one up and hold it. And it was a very brief, like few minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And I just sat out there and soaked in the sun and I felt grounded. And I was like, I wasn't feeling this. I was feeling like just, I don't know, like I couldn't breathe deep. And sitting here with these rocks, I don't know what it was about the rocks. I guess that groundedness of like pulling me back into the earth and into the beauty of creation. And that's all I needed. And then I went back inside and continued on. But then there was another day similar. I, I was like, I need to be outside. But it was at the end of my workday. So I go out and we there's a hammock in our yard. And so I went and I just laid in that hammock and I listened to an audiobook for a little while. And then I also just laid there and looked at the sky and the clouds and the branches above me. And I was out there for like two hours <laughs> doing nothing, but just being. And so, yeah, I think it just is that the depth of being, however much time you have, whether, you know, it's between changing diapers or between jobs, because some people have multiple jobs to sustain their living, that um, you can still enter a depth. I think that's so very true. I feel like we ourselves create these definitions of prayer or being told very limited definitions of prayer. And sometimes we battle with ourselves that we aren't checking the box mm -hmm. of these types of prayers. And I feel like even you just speaking, you're kind of opening up the different possibilities of just having those moments with God and can look different ways. Right. It's more than just one form of prayer. Yeah. I mean, just on that note, I would say prayer is as diverse as people are. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's many variations. And speaking about the rosary, I went to a rosary session, I would say, mm -hmm. um, at a church, and we walked around mm -hmm. inside of the parish doing the rosary. If I remember correctly, the priest was trying to create a physical form of the mm -hmm. rosary with mm -hmm. the people right. as we we're kind of walking around. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I've also heard of the you know, people who pray with the prayer beads oh, yeah. as they're walking. Mm -hmm. so that That's, you know, even that's different. What's like the latest when you as former prayer you've come across recently? That, that you know, stood out for you. I would say right now I'm feeling invited to look at poetry as prayer. I have a, like maybe 10, 10 books of poetry and I haven't really sat with them. And so... You know, like I, I just kind of pick it up and want to read a few at a time, but that doesn't give me a chance to really just listen to what each poem has. And um, yeah, I think right now it's it's poetry. So maybe maybe I'll uh, start my days that way. I'll read a poem and then see how it kind of, I don't know, laces itself through my day. Uh, I want to end with the same set of brief questions I have at the end of all my interviews for my guests. The first is, what is one scripture verse or part of the Bible that really resonates with you and why? One story that has, that touched me deeply on a, it was a retreat that I had and I was reading um, Jesus, the Jesus, a pilgrimage by James Martin. And it was the passage about the, the, yeah, the healing of Bartimaeus. He was blind. And when Jesus asks him, 
what do you want me to do for you? And that is, so, to me, that's like the most powerful. So I, yeah, that, I would say it's that. It's just that God who created the universe and each one of us would even want to know what it is that we're asking, you know, and, and could already figure it out because God is God. But once that human connection of like, be in this with me, you know, share with me, talk with me. What do you want? What do you want me to do? And just, yeah, <laughs> I love it. The other one, I also remember when when the, the disciples first left John the Baptist and were following Jesus, mm-hmm. I think Jesus asked, what are you looking for? Or who, mm-hmm. who are you following? And, uh, yeah. and that, I think it, par- yeah. Yeah, it parallels that too. Well, it's like, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, I think you're right. What are, what are you looking for? Yeah, yeah. But, but that question of, you know, like God could figure out, God already knows what it is we're looking for, what we want to see or what we want from God, but wants to be in conversation. And also that causes us to really pay attention even for ourselves, what's going on in ourselves. Like, oh yeah, what do I really want? What am I actually looking for? And I think that that's the point. What is one word or a couple of words that you would like God to use in describing you? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say lovable and curious. And the last question is, is there anything you want to add? Any final comments? Is there anything you want us to help promote? others to support? Um, not that I can think of. I mean, if anyone wants to find my Etsy shop, <laughs> uh, it's called Adentro y Afuera. So translates to like inside and out, because for me, it's an invitation to live your spiritual life inside and out. So, but it's also on my Instagram. You can find my Instagram under Desiree Finley. My link to the Etsy shop is there too. I'll make sure to include the link in the description so that we can all support you and in some way be connected in prayer. So thank you again, Desiree, for your time and your insights on prayer. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And we hope you subscribe to listen to upcoming episodes and continue sharing this podcast. God bless us all.